thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hi there, lovely ladies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are the Wellness Women. Each week, bring you the best information we can find from around the globe to uh, make your life better and more amazing. So this week, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic because... Well, how about this? We know that Elle McPherson is like a goddess in Australia. She's known as the body and she's been a supermodel and she's got all these incredible products and healthcare ranges and gosh, lingerie, I can say I've got some of that too. However, she's a really huge advocate for a particular type of diet. Now, if you saw Elle McPherson on a magazine cover telling you this is the diet that got her the body, would you be tempted to go and do that diet? Oh, right. Of course you would be. She would personify what that would mean. And of course you want to be like that. Yeah. You wouldn't want a body like the body. Right? <laughs> the body like the body. Yeah. And forget the fact that she might just have absolutely perfect genetics. Um, but yes, yeah, so and this is what we're talking about this week because there was an article in bodyandsoul.com.au, uh, which is an Australian body and soul branch. And, you know, they, they're called the Australia's home of health and happiness. And they went on and on in this article about something that we're going to talk about today, which is the uh, alkaline diet. And it went on and on about how Victoria Beckham and Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Elle McPherson all have used these. And, and aside from being uh, connected by outrageously good taste and fashion, they all do the same diet. And so it was really tempted to get swept up in the excitement of, oh, wow, what are they doing? I must have to do that. Um, until you step back a little and start to look at the, the facts and the myths behind what the alkaline diet is. Uh, and I think we do that all the time. So it is just another fad. The alkaline diet has been around for a few decades now. It was really, really popular back in the eighties. Um, everyone was on, you know, this very alkalizing type diet for, uh, what seemed like very sound reasons. Um, and then the Atkins diet came in and uh, sort of flooded the, the scene. Um, but all of them were all for this idea of weight loss and um, overall wellness and this glowing health and cleansing your body from inside out and what is supposed to be this this true pinnacle of health and wellness and the alkaline diet certainly um, states that it is the way to go and what it is looking at is the foods that you eat and how that changes the ph of your body or in particular the ph of your blood and this falls into the current, I guess, fears concerning some serious metabolic conditions and some lifestyle diseases, which people are connecting to acidity and inflammation. So to get around that idea that, oh my gosh, you know, we're poisoning ourselves, we must have to do this other diet because that's the only way forward, it's the only way through to good health and overcoming serious disease. But the reality is not quite that. And so we're talking today about this um, alkalizing diet because, and you might have heard of different things. I mean, there's book's called The Alkaline Cure. Um, it's called The Acid Alkaline Balance or Alkalizing Diet or Alkaline Diet. Or you might just hear people say, oh, I've gone alkaline. And you're supposed to know what that cool thing means. And uh, and if you're not in the club, then you don't quite understand that reference. So we're going to explain that today and what we're talking about. Now, when it comes to being alkaline, the first myth we have to bust here is this myth that the foods we eat can directly change our blood pH. Because the reality is 
the fact that the human body must stay in what we call a homeostatic balanced state and it has no ability to flux outside that range unless under a disease process the body is so incredibly smart at protecting itself and it works within a really limited narrow range and that ph in the blood is 7.35 to 7.45 and anything outside that range is potentially life-threatening yeah so even a slight change in that um, can create huge metabolic stress for the system. And that's one of the things that the alkaline diet um, sort of uh, professes. So there's three factors that it looks at. So that the food we eat affects the pH of our blood, that your urinary pH is then a good indicator or a measurement of health. So these are the three things that it's claimed. And finally, that acid-forming diets contribute to modern disease. And this last point, point number three, I think um, might have a little bit of merit. And I think that there might be some things that uh, that they're claiming there, which is good. But the other two things that the food affects our pH of our blood, which we'll go a bit more into the science of in a moment, and that your urinary pH using that as a measurement of what your health state is or using that as what is the pH of our blood, it's two completely different different mechanisms there. So these are the claims or these are the three things that we need to look at when we're looking at this alkaline diet. Um, and if we look at sort of an acid or alkaline scale, um, neutral is 7.0, whereas alkaline things are going to be from 7.0 to above, up to 10, and then... Or 14 is, is yeah. I mean, scientific chemistry. But you wouldn't be eating any foods in the range up at 14 uh, because that would burn you inside out. Um, so, no, yeah, it's, it's. And then on the polar opposite, from 7.0 to below, um, these are things that are more acid forming. Uh, and there's all sorts of things that sit within this spectrum. Um, and as you can imagine, things like citrus fruits will sit lower on their acidity scale, and um, we'll go a bit more into that in a moment. Um, but Let's look at, let's just debunk that very first point first, that the foods that we eat affect the pH of our blood. And there's absolutely no science or there's no research that supports any of those claims at the moment. It's really important that areas of the body have different pH levels as well, because, for example, the stomach, it needs to be an area that has high levels of hydrochloric acid mm -hmm. because that acid is what's going to break down our food. And so that's generally um, at a pH of 2 to 3.5, and that is needed. So we definitely don't want to be increasing or decreasing the pH in the stomach because, unfortunately, then enzyme function and um, the breakdown of foods won't occur the way they're meant to. So that's an area, for example, that is absolutely not meant to be at blood pH. Yeah, absolutely. It's not supposed to be an alkaline environment by any stretch of the imagination, which is why some of the antacids, some of those medications on the market can actually be quite um, harmful because of those uh, effects where they're actually altering the stomach lining there. Um, and there is absolutely no evidence that demonstrates that what we eat can actually affect the pH of our, our body. Um, and our body is so much more clever than that. So like what you said, that we have this homeostatic balance and we've got to maintain ourselves in homeostasis and we have that innate intelligence that if our system was to change ever so slightly, a whole cascade of, of systems would come into place to rebalance that. Whereas if we could simply pick something off a tree and eat it that could alter our body's function that much, 
we would be, you know, constantly, there would be life and death situations for everything that we're putting into our mouth. Yeah, every single thing we're exposed to has the ability to, to change our body pH so significantly, then then we wouldn't have survived this far, as a, I guess, as a human species. Exactly. It's been our ability to buffer through our blood and, of course, through our lungs and our renal system to remove and excrete excess bases or acids that allows us to maintain that homeostatic balance within the human body. So, ladies, when you're looking at how you change your your internal environment um, really what we're talking about there is you don't really want to be trying to change the internal environment significantly because if you are usually that means you've fallen into a diseased state if you truly are away from your ph neutral blood then you've probably gone into something called metabolic uh, acidosis that's really serious and to explain what metabolic acidosis is just quickly it really comes from a different couple of things i mean diabetic acidosis is certainly a big one so people with diabetes that's poorly controlled then they're absolutely at risk of this and you might might have heard of you know ketone bodies or ketones and people having a, a, a sort of a breath that smells you know sweetened and they think oh, what's what's happening with that person or almost like alcohol like they're drunk and you think wow and that's the body trying to excrete the ketones via the breath to help that person survive now that's remarkable and that is one of our, our greatest um, functions or the function of breath is actually getting rid of carbon dioxide which mm. is very acidic and so that is our most potent release of um, you know acidic sort of environments in our body is is through the breath but also through the urine so when we measure our urinary ph we're not actually measuring what our internal function is we're just looking at how effective our kidneys are at excreting you know mineralization essentially yeah and have you ever had a really heavy gym workout and you feel your legs burning or your biceps burning or you've done your abs and you can't do it anymore because your legs burning you have to stop that there is lactic. not that often <laughs> not, not nearly as often as what it should be <laughs> so i'm sure everyone's got had that experience of going up and down stairs you're like oh my legs are about to fall off um that lactic acid that's also a state in which can move the body away from its neutral balance and i mean Many things can cause lactic acid buildup. Exercise is certainly one of them. But then you're looking at more serious body concerns such as heart failure or cancer or liver failure, um, low oxygenation. There's a lot of other things. So when we talk about trying to change the body, we really shouldn't try and override the inborn brilliance of our human body. We simply need to support it rather than try and overthink the processes which the body has already done and has continued to do with or without a support. So um, yeah, I think we, we try these diets for sometimes the wrong reason. Now, I'm going to say outright that I think the alkaline diet is fantastic for a lot of the dietary changes that it encourages. Um, Mm -hmm. It's moving you away from some of the highly processed foods, which straight away we know is bad for health. So with or without a fancy tag called the alkaline diet, a whole foods, real foods, uh, I guess, dietary recommendation is what we've always recommended, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, and there's some very sound parts of this system, mm. and I know it's going to be recommended to certain people with very specific health conditions that it might be very beneficial for in a short in a short term. Um, however, one of the things that it does um, encourage is the eradication of animal products because eating meat, according to the, the alkaline diet and according to what they state, is that animal products will raise um, or create an acidic um, environment for your body and if you were to stick to the alkaline diet in its essence you would essentially become vegetarian or vegan and there's absolutely no research that supports eating animal protein or animal products 
and an acidic uh, pH of your blood. Or, yes, it does create more acidity in the pH of your urine, but it's for a very good reason. That's intelligent design. Yeah, absolutely. Your body knows how to get rid of those excess uh, acids. And that's fascinating too because when we promote a fix-all diet for all human beings, we know that that just can't be the case. It literally is too good to be true because we all come from our ancestry. We come from genetic lines that are different based on the environments in which our family trees have come from. So we're actually, I mean, you might have heard of blood blood diets and blood typing diets. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the way in which you can trace some ancestry to say, well, which part of the earth did you come from? Um, Because those genetic markers come through with you, including blood grouping um but this would mean that someone who has traditionally grown up with let's just say inuits and uh what's some uh tribes in africa so you've got your maasai tribe for example um these are populations that have grown up with particular food sources the inuits being alaskan salmons and lots of cold fresh fish and the maasai blood i mean they drink blood they Mm. they primarily live off livestock with very limited uh, fruits, vegetables and some grains. But other than that, then you'd say, well, hang on, how, how have they survived? Um, and then yet these are the populations with really low weights of chronic disease. So it's not necessarily the foods they're eating, it's how they eat them and the way in which those foods are served to them. It's, it's basically the production. They're eating as close to nature as you can possibly get. Exactly. And, and they thrive through the generations. And these are some of the oldest tribes that we have in existence still today. So they've got to be doing something right. And um, when they get sick, they're usually the ones who have converted into a Western diet. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, So let's just debunk some of the myths around uh, what eating meat actually does to your system in in these terms because we don't want everybody running off and all becoming vegetarian and vegan if that may not be appropriate for your body. For some people, absolutely. For others, not so much. Um, So when we consume acid-forming foods, it doesn't necessarily change, like we've said, the pH of your blood, but it does change our mineralization. And this can be picked up on on your urinary pH strips. So the body pulls minerals out of the bones in order to maintain a more stable pH. So therefore, if you continue to eat acid-forming foods, some of these include animal products. What the the alkaline diet actually states is that you'll eventually pull enough calcium out of your bones to experience demineralization and osteoporosis. So this is one of the claims. However, there was a meta-analysis, a very, very high-quality study um, done in 2009 um, from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that showed eating more animal products does lead to, yes, more acidic urinary pH and more calcium excretion, but it didn't change the calcium in the body at all. So conversely, these studies actually showed that eating animal protein actually increases your calcium absorption, which increases, so you increase your protein, you increase your intestinal calcium absorption. Um, So that's increasing it into your bloodstream. So this sort of overcompensates for that loss from the urine. Um, And there's also some controlled trials that have shown that if you restrict someone's animal protein intake or you induce a protein deficiency, um, this will actually lead to deterioration of bone mass, of bone density and bone strength. And they are the hallmark or the pathognomonic signs for osteoporosis. So, so long story short, conversely, the opposite is actually true. And that protein intake is essential for, you know, 
women, um, especially if you're menopausal or postmenopausal women, because they're at a greater risk of osteoporosis. So when our hormones do a bit of, they flick that switch, um, we need to make sure that we're getting plenty of protein because this is actually going to help to rebalance our bone mineralization, which I think is amazing. So, and this was actually shown that again, in, in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, um, they found that postmenopausal women, if they increase their protein intake from 10% of their daily caloric intake um, to 20%, they improve their intestinal calcium absorption, decrease their urinary DPD, which is just a marker of bone breakdown, um, and they also increase their IGF-1, which is another important marker of bone health. Fascinating. Um, So that kind of completely debunks the idea that eating animal products or animal protein has such a detrimental effect on our body and does create demineralization of the bones. Um, so yes, you'll have some urinary output of those minerals, but the body completely overcompensates and rebalances for that just like it would naturally because it's so much smarter than any of these diets or any of these studies um, or anything that we actually give it credit for. And I've also, I think this also floats into a, a common, I think, comment. And this, there's a lot of different therapies and treatments out there that talk about curing cancer through food and diet. Mm-hmm. And there's great merit to cleaning up your diet and lifestyle when you're in a disease state. There's just Certainly. no question about yeah. that. However, to say that it's possibly causing these creating cures is a really big challenge for me as well because we've just described this experience saying, well, whilst it's good to transition into a healthier lifestyle than where you were because it gives your body a fighting chance of dealing with whatever disease state you're in, and yet we can't influence the blood pH to the degree that we've been misled <laughs> to think. So we go, go into these extreme states of diet or dietary restrictions or changes in diets thinking that we have great ability to overcome that uh, maybe stress state through acidosis and yet that's not true and that comes into cancer therapies a lot people i'll often hear people say oh yeah but uh, you know i know someone that went on to this and they did this and they they overcame cancer there's a lot more complex science behind that than simply changing to green foods and saying that that cured cancer for someone but you can see how they they can make that stretch though so if you take anyone from say the standard american diet or the standard australian diet so that that sand diet if you put them onto a more plant-based whole foods diet their system is absolutely going to change. And if the the eating patterns that created that disease state in the first place, so very highly processed diet, very poor gut function, lots of inflammatory state, and if that then they have, you know, some sort of cancer or disease, you change that radically, it's absolutely going to improve. Yeah. Um, There's there's no doubt about it. And so but not necessarily for the mechanisms that we're we're left to believe. So I think this is why we've done this topic today because I was just frustrated reading this article saying, but that's not how it works. You know, why are they telling everyone this? Because that's not the way this particular diet works. um, And these are not the truths behind it. But it doesn't mean to say that it's not really, really good for us. But let's just get real on why it's so good for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, The other thing that I would be a little bit concerned about is that if you look at any of the charts that they put out there for, you know, the alkaline diet, you would be terrified to stay away from so many things. Yes, because there's a lot of foods that are considered acidic and yet we know they're healthful foods because they're grown by plants in nature um, and yet they're put on the chart in the the yellow, orange, red-banded areas, but they're still a whole food. They still come from plant-based nutrition. And mind you, in saying that, though, if you look at a list that does indicate this, I'll quickly read through a couple of things that sit on the acidic pH scale and you have a think about whether you think they might be good or bad for us. Um... Popcorn. 
black tea, coffee, white bread, peanuts. So these are things that you would not want to be consuming, you know, much of or if at all, right? Um, Absolutely. So just, but, that, and that, but that's just common sense. Yeah, but on there as well is lamb, pork, shellfish, goat's cheese. These are some things that historically have been... I mean, goat's cheese has been made in tribes around the the, the wheat... Well, mm-hmm. it's the basically the cycle of civilization. Turkey, um, the old Byzantine Empire, that they have lived on these traditional food sources forever. And I would be really conscious about cutting out shellfish altogether because it's such a rich source of zinc um, and all sorts of other enzymes uh, and nutrients as well. So... You kind of need to be careful of that sort of thing. And choose, choose your foods wisely, of course. Yeah. Shellfish, you know, from the wrong place is going to have increased risks of heavy metals. So, understandably, this yeah. is all very complex. Hopefully, this is not uh, going too slow for you. But we're just trying to say, look, there's so many different ways of doing diets. There's so many different ways of, of choosing your foods. But we can't be scared off good foods by a fad diet. Yeah. And what we shouldn't I, be. What I do like is they put... <laughs> Like things like colas and um, soft drinks, or you know, right down on the scale. On this one, it's stated at 2.3, um, whereas anything below 3.5 pH, the human body actually can't sustain life at that. Um, so, if you lived on cola, you're pretty much on a downhill pathway, right? And yeah. they put um, battery acid as comparable to things like grapes, I'm um, sorry, as grapefruit. Oh, okay. uh, which I think is really interesting because there is so many health benefits to grapefruit. Uh, we use the grapefruit seed act- extract in many herbal uh, concoctions. Um, the other thing I don't particularly agree with is their, their high promotion of soy and soy products. Um, fermented soy can certainly have good health benefits for the body, but we know that soy is a xenoestrogen. Um, it can be a complete endocrine disrupting um, system for our body, and most soy these days is genetically modified as well. Yes. So high, high yield, high production rates, and so many less quality to for stay us. away from it. So just because it sits on a more alkaline scale doesn't mean it's a health food. Absolutely. So this is hopefully the same to bring together some ideas for you. One, eating green stuff is great. Two, avoiding meat because the diet says so it may not be the right thing for you and your body type. Mm-hmm. Um, three, don't be scared of foods just because they sit on an acidic pH and yet they're a whole food and a real food. I mean, blackberries, cranberries and prunes sit on the acidic spectrum. So should you be avoiding those? I'm not entirely sure that you should. I think that they still come from, from nature. They're a whole food. You can pick berries off the tree. They're amazing in terms of their antioxidant profiles. Absolutely. So don't avoid them because this diet says uh, says to. Um, and be mindful of how you're eating. Eat for health, not eating because you want to look like the body. Um, you know, Elmick first is a great role model as an image. However, it's quite unrealistic for many of us to attain that. I mean, I know from the outset I'll never have her body. Why? My hips are already wider than her, just in the bone <laughs> structure. So forget my dieting to, to get myself as lean as her because my hip structure is already on a tape measure bigger than hers has ever been. So we're typically we different body types. We've got endomorphs, ectomorphs, mesomorphs. We, we have these categories for body types because we're not all meant to be the same. And let's not discount, she has got some pretty amazing genetics that has led to the expression that is her body state. And she supported her genetics with good health choices absolutely so her lifestyle as far as we're aware so as far as what you know is stated in media but we absolutely have no idea what happens behind closed doors for any of those scenarios so who knows um i think that any fad is a fad for a reason 
and it's going to be debunked eventually. I think that if you stick to good common sense, and I love um, the quote by Louise Hay, if it grows, eat it. If it doesn't grow, don't eat it. Um, that's a really nice, simple way to think about well, it's very black and white, isn't it? When you yeah, go to the supermarket, exactly. does this grow? Well, no, because it's got 45 different ingredients right now. So exactly. um, it makes it easier. And when people ask that question as well in our practices, and they say, oh, you know, is this good for me or is that good for me? Um, I say, I don't know. Because your body is going to absorb and assimilate and do with that what it will. However, if it's got ingredients there that you do not understand, if it's got numbers and letters that you don't understand, chances are your body won't understand that either. I think if you've got to ask that question, the answer is usually no. And, you know, I love if you listened to our episode last week with the incredible Dr. Damien Christoph, he talks about the intelligence of food. So live foods that grew have a completely different assimilation in our body and express themselves differently within our system. So the way our body is able to utilize that information that comes in is so, so different. And it doesn't particularly matter where it sits on the pH scale. Um, it, if it's a good whole food from a good life source, then you know we know it's going to do wonders in our body. And most part. Yeah, and of course, traditional foods are eaten seasonally means that throughout any given year and by the seasons, we're getting such a great variety of these acid alkaline foods anyway. So mm-hmm. it's it sounds so mundane sometimes for, for us to say, people go, I just want the, I want the, I want the magic bullet. I need, I need the pill. What is it? What's the solution? What's the answer? And the answer for me is always the same. Whole foods. Yeah. In yeah. season, with variety eating like rainbows with lots of colors, um, getting your greens, getting your reds, getting your purples, you know, something that's yellow. Um, and you're guaranteed to be getting a spectrum of vitamins, minerals, and all of the things we need for sustaining human health and for enhancing the states of health that we really want to experience as women. We want to just not feel like we're surviving. Um, hopefully you're listening because you actually want to thrive. You want to find out how you can raise your state to a high, the whole world, the highest level possible. You, your absolute maximum potential. Um, so this Alkaline diet has got some fantastic parts to it. And another thing that I love is that they are very supportive of green smoothies and green juices. And we love, love that. that. That's fantastic. <laughs> remember, there's a reason why you need to put some sort of uh, acidic fruit into your green juice. So almost all of the, the best recipes will say half a lemon, half a lime, uh, something like that, because that's actually going to aid the digestive process. Um, and if it you stimulates want to really, enzymes, which exactly. absorb our greens better. And if you really want to reduce inflammation and help to encourage, um, you know, good detoxification throughout the day and create a beautiful alkaline state for your body, start your day with lemon juice and warm water. And it's interesting that lemon is a citrus. It's a highly acidic food, but the way it's integrated within our system is completely different. Um, so when we look at the pH of something so simply like that, we completely, again, discount the way our body is going to change that or how it's going to interact with our cells in our body as well. Uh, you know, a green smoothie a day definitely keeps the doctor away. I love that, that saying, um, but there's a reason why we need those acids in there as well. Ladies, don't forget how brilliant your body is. This week we've talked all about the alkaline diet because we want you to realize that there's so many merits to some of the diets that are spooked out there. However, it's about understanding the realities behind those diets. It's got merit in the fact that you're eating more whole foods, more real foods, more greens, which we know are fantastic for us. It does not affect your blood pH, as it might state. There's no science to support that. Mm-hmm. It does, however, improve the quality of your internal gut health, digestive health. Why? Because you're eating more whole real foods. So there's no doubt that you'll get healthier on 
on this uh, particular diet or eating plan, um, but sustained over a long time for people who need meat, this may not be sustainable because it is essentially a vegetarian or vegan source of uh, diet. And therefore we say, you know, pick and choose. Um, enjoy diets for periods of time. Try not to be too steadfast to anything because you want to cycle things anyway um, in regards to doing different things throughout the year because seasonally, us women, we were seasonal beings. You know, why do we have our cycles around moons? Mm-hmm. Why do we? Why are we more fertile at certain times? Why do we kind of get mentally, emotionally drawn through our seasons? Why are we, you know, more inclined to like summers and winters differently? It's because of the fact that we are part of nature. So don't discount that brilliance. Just make sure you're eating for health. And that's what it comes down to. Eat for health, not for being thin, not for fixing this or fixing that. Nurture each and every cell of your body is what it comes down to. Unfortunately, when you do tend to eat this way and you do tend to have that kind of relationship with food, those other byproducts of, you know, maybe weight loss, maybe, you know, your skin clears up or, you know, certain um, underlying processes seem to, to clear up. That is just a byproduct of having a really healthy, nutrient-rich diet um, based on whole foods. So ladies, remember there is no one size that fits all. Um, we would love to hear what your experience has been with the alkaline diet as well. Has this been uh, prescribed to you or have you come across this as a fad in your travels as well? Remember, we're not discounting the value in this in very specific conditions, which it might have have been prescribed for you and ladies please uh, give us your feedback find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash the wellness women uh, follow us on instagram underscore the wellness women uh, make sure you go onto itunes subscribe to our podcast so you get them every week and give us a five-star rating if you feel like we deserve it um, ladies we're currently sitting at number eight from last i checked 89 on the top 200 health podcasts around the world um, this is you know rated on itunes of all the thousands of podcasts that there are we're, we're number which I think is absolutely amazing. And it's all because of you. So we are so, so grateful for your support, for your ongoing support. Um, and we're absolutely going to give you another call to action. So our goal is to be in the top 10 because we're going <laughs> yeah, to be bringing you, we're going to be bringing you the absolute best information that we can. That's as scientifically relevant. That is as relevant to you as well. Um, and we would love to know what you would more, what you would love to hear more of as well. So your call to action is make sure you give us five-star ratings on iTunes, share this with your girlfriends, um, and let's, you know, change the, the face of health around the world. Yeah. Ladies first, we lead the way women have a, it's us, it's us. that's going to change this place. And, uh, you know, when we look at the politics all around the globe at the moment, we just sit there, I just sit there shaking my hand and think, Oh, we need more women at the top. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, look, go out there, have an amazing week, consider your food choices as you go about the week, choose things that are for health. Um, and we look forward to changing you next week. Be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.